chapter three of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter three weighed in the balance and found wanting at bedtime mrs trevilian took the new teacher to her room herself turning down the bed and looking after her comfort in various ways she left liz virginia's maid to help her undress greatly to miss abby's consternation help her undress indeed she had performed that office for herself since she was four having at that tender age been crowded into the world of individual enterprise by the advent of a second sister younger than herself she would greatly have preferred liz's room to her help but the girl took her bonnet and put it on the shelf in the wardrobe quite as a matter of course folded her shawl and laid it away also and then waited for orders miss abby had none to give she wanted of all things to have her attendant go away undressing seemed to her too private and personal a matter to be entered upon before another and that other of an alien race so manifestly curious the girl made no motion to leave however and at last miss abby began to take down her hair liz seized the brush you want me to brush yo hair she asked with recollections of the sociable time that always accompanied this nightly service to her miss virginia miss abby drew back oh no she said hastily with a creepy feeling at the thought of a negro's coming near her i never let anybody touch my hair liz felt the rebuff negroes like children are quick to read mental states particularly those that are antagonistic and miss abby's feeling amounted to absolute repulsion she took herself to task for this afterward but at the time it was entirely beyond her control ef you'll set down i'll take off yo shoes liz said rather coldly clearly she would have to prompt this new england lady as to what a lady's maid might properly do divesting miss abby's feet of their outer coverings she found them decidedly cold and her kindly instincts were at once aroused stepping out upon the porch she returned with a noggin which she filled with hot water from a bucket on the hearth miss abby sat in bewildered wonder at what was coming a moment later liz was on her knees before her stripping off a stocking from that astounded maiden's foot what are you doing she demanded sternly she began to think the girl was half-witted i gwine to wash yo foots liz returned half indignantly she did not understand having friendly offices met this way what yo foots is cold you ain't gwine to bed wi' cold foots is you i gwine to wash em fur you certainly not said miss abby firmly withdrawing the members in dispute within the security of her dress skirts i shouldn't think of allowing such a thing liz's face darkened she took up the noggin and all the rest of the paraphernalia at the door she turned i reckon you ain't never is had any maid is you she asked it was as much as she dared say much more than she would have dared let miss betty know she had said the fatal suspicion was forming in her mind that miss abby was po white folks never said miss abby firmly and i never want to have i don't think i shall need you any more to-night liz retired with head up 
miss abby told mrs trevilian one day about this episode it was after she had been there long enough to feel better acquainted than she did that first night yes mrs trevilian had said quietly i knew about it liz told me she did well don't you think it was a very strange thing for her to do very well familiar from your point of view yes but not from hers on the contrary it was a very natural thing for her to do miss abby stared she did not more than half like mrs trevilian's taking it so quietly i should like to know the point of view that would make it natural she said dryly well i can easily give it to you liz has been virginia's maid from the time she was born i gave her to her then there was a little obscurity about the pronouns but not more than the facts warranted nobody could have told whether virginia was given to liz or liz to virginia she has always done for her just the things she wanted to do for you put away her things brushed her hair and bathed her feet she naturally supposed that you would want the same things done and when she found your feet cold she offered you in the kindness of her heart a hot foot-bath i will grant that she was unfortunate in her wording of the offer she laughed a little at the remembrance of what was said and done but she meant it kindly but i shouldn't think of allowing anybody to do so menial a thing for me exclaimed miss abby i told her so she doesn't look upon it as menial and she didn't understand your motive in declining you only succeeded in hurting her feelings they are very much like children but they almost always mean well they are a very strange people said miss abby i don't understand them at all don't you think mrs trevilian returned gently but suggestively that until you do it might be better for you to take them just as they are they are all right when you know them and miss abby she added while we are on the subject i wish you wouldn't call them slaves in their presence we always speak of them as the servants they are slaves returned miss abby stoutly yes but there is no use keeping it constantly before them it ought to be kept before them the new england woman would not compromise and before everybody else too she wrote to her mother that night these are the most inconsistent people i ever saw they will require the most menial degrading services from the blacks and then caution others who wouldn't think of allowing such things to be done for them not to hurt their feelings but this was weeks after that first night when after liz's dismissal the harassed lady was preparing for bed she had just blown out her candle and ensconced herself in the high feather bed when there came a knock at the door who's there it's me answered liz i got to come in miss abby rose and unlocked the door there stood liz with a bundle of bedding in her arms what do you want demanded miss abby somewhat abruptly she was mystified beyond measure at the apparition miss betty she say i was to sleep in here on the floe to sleep in my room for what reason haven't you any other place liz did yassum co'se i is but she low maybe you was skeery but i don't want you to stay i'm not afraid liz quietly deposited her bedclothes on the floor and began arranging her pallet yassum miss betty she low maybe you'd say it wa'n't worth while but she say i was to stay apparently that settled it much against her will miss abby relocked the door and betook herself to bed 
it is not strange that she looked upon her protector with some shrinking the next day would be the sabbath and liz's locks were in training for the sanctuary which is to say they had just been ropped and that means that they were done up in innumerable pigtails tied with white cords strung from one to the other it formed a network which to miss abby's unaccustomed eyes was startlingly uncanny the poor lady could not quiet her soul long after liz was lost in slumber and giving unmistakable evidence of it miss abby lay with fascinated staring eyes turned toward that head the moon rose and threw wavering shadows of leafy branches across the window-panes the dogs bayed the moon and miss abby thought of bloodhounds and fugitive slaves the feather-bed grew hotter and more cavernous the atmosphere more oppressive she rose at last and stepped shudderingly past liz to the back window to raise it the soft moonlight flooded the place the smoke-house the hen-house the spring-house at all stood out black and ghostly beyond she could see the line of cabins which stood to her for so many prison-houses of despair to think that those poor things were all locked in and liz snored on miss abby cheever knelt down on the other side of the bed and invoked the protection of the almighty against foes without and fears within she felt very very far from new england she was sleeping soundly the next morning worn out with her ride and her vigil when she was awakened by a prolonged knock it fitted in so perfectly with her dream that it was repeated several times before she was brought to a realization of her surroundings who is it she called at last sitting up in bed and brushing her hair back with a confused notion of setting herself to rights she was not accustomed to having her privacy invaded in this manner tain't nobody but me said a feminine voice i come to mek yo fire then in a grumbling undertone i reckon dat triflin liz gwine to sleep till de judgment day miss abby unlocked the door and mammy appeared with a shovel of coals scuse me young mistis she remarked apologetically i want to gwine to wake you but i couldn't get in how come you to lock yo dough i always lock my door returned miss abby mammy was on her knees before the fireplace she looked around in open-mouthed astonishment you do name a god mistis what sort of outlandish place is you come from dat you gotta lock de dough we all don't never lock up but this is an outside door protested miss abby it opened upon the upper porch we all don't lock none of em i don't reckon dere's a key on dis place a course de cabins jes has latches but dey used to be keys to de house where did you get dis yow key it was in the door where a key ought to be said miss abby huh i dunno whar it come from i ain't yow about any keys before in reality mrs trevilian had the day before hunted it up thinking that miss abby might feel nervous with her door unfastened de front door key was lost when miss figinia was a baby said mammy returning to the subject after the first blaze was started i always mistreated mars 
beverly throwed it down in de well but we ain't no for show and de dough ain't been locked since no dey ain't no rogues around hyah i prefer to lock my door miss abby said with dignity i don't mind getting up to let you in or i could make my fire myself if you would have some kindling always ready now kindling was an unknown quantity on that place they always used chips and a shovel full of coals and who ever heard of a lady making her own fire there was a slight but very expressive shrug of mammy's shoulders as she turned to the fireplace the full import of which miss abby would not have understood had she seen it there was a volume back of it liz had promptly communicated her suspicions the night before that the new teacher was po white folks and this offer to make her own fire confirmed it it was reported immediately at the cabins which was unfortunate for it placed miss abby in a very equivocal position mammy now applied herself severely to the fire and departed without further conversation she did not wish to be too familiar until this new lady's social rank had been definitely ascertained i am afraid this seems rather early to you miss cheever said mrs trevilian as she poured out the coffee a little later we are obliged to have breakfast about the usual time on sunday in order to let the servants get to church we have some distance to go do they go to the same church with you asked miss abby in much surprise yes most of them are presbyterians aunt judy was a baptist and aunt viney is now but all the others who are church members at all go with us when the church was organized years ago soon after we settled here nine of the thirteen members were from keswick mr trevilian sister nan and myself and six of the older servants she called emmeline to her with a motion of the eyebrows and said in a low tone hand miss cheever the cold light bread but miss cheever was finding hot waffles quite sufficient your pancakes are very nice she remarked affably how do you keep them so hot she had noticed before she came down the great distance between the kitchen and the house don't you find it very difficult with the kitchen so far removed not at all said mrs trevilian cheerfully there is always a little negro waiting to run right in with them but when it rains oh they turn a pan over them or if it is raining very hard they take an umbrella oh no it is not at all inconvenient have a hot one they are delicious said miss abby showing her faith by her works i never saw any before of this shape waffles do you call them emmeline's under jaw dropped and the little darky who had brought them in started on a run for the kitchen never seed any waffles before cried aunt viney my lord war she raised oh why do you come from knock a nigger down sang aunt viney's bob who chanced at that moment to be within hearing get out a here you limmer satan cried aunt viney advancing threateningly upon him you let me hear you impairin mars williams's white folks and i'll lay ow bob's sentence was indeterminate dodging her uplifted arm with a dexterity born of much practice he was at the woodpile before it was concluded there he sat down to muse confusedly upon the fact that what was sauce for the goose was by no means always sauce for the goslings End of chapter three